Welcome to MAP, the bi-weekly market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. Mars makes it as easy as possible for you to get your pharmaceutical, medtech or digital health product to the market and of course get the price it deserves. My name is Stefan Walzer, I'm the founder of Mars and a health economist by training and working in the fields of market access, reimbursement, pricing and health economics already since 2004. Additionally, I founded the consultancy P&N Pricing and Negotiations in Healthcare based in Toronto, Canada, which supports companies and individuals globally by coaching, simulations and training, especially on negotiations. This service is including our innovative virtual reality simulation program and is part of the Negotiation Lab. And now let's learn about the market access and reimbursement systems around the globe. So, special podcast episode today. Uh, why special? Because we have two guests today. Normally, we have just one. So, uh, I welcome Thomas Kercher and Mark Anken. I think you're both dialing in now from Switzerland, but the topic will be a bit broader. We're discussing about, let's say, kind of business development across Europe. But before we're jumping in, I would like you to quickly introduce yourself. And maybe we start with Thomas. Yeah, Stefan, thank you. I'm uh, Thomas Kerscher, more than 20 years experience in the healthcare sector globally, worked with a large pharmaceutical companies and uh, started my own business five years ago uh, because I wanted to use my entrepreneurial skills and working with startups since then, working together with Mark Anken and we founded Advantage to uh, help and support uh, startups in the broader sense. Over to you, Mark. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, my name is Mark Anton. I also spent plus 20 years in, in pharmaceuticals industry with big corporates, mainly on local and regional level, and uh, running my own business since 10 years. And now together with Thomas at Advantage um, for startups, uh, investors, and uh, major players. Perfect. Thanks a lot. So a lot of experience as well. And I think you have already mentioned quite a bit of a focus maybe also today. I think you both mentioned startups, growth. I would maybe add something like business planning. Mark has also mentioned investors. So if we take all of those maybe kind of buzzwords, maybe we can bring that into the context what we a lot of times obviously discuss during that kind of podcast, which is reimbursement slash market access. So when you are approaching or discussing with startups and or investors, how would you basically envision how to bring together, let's say, the kind of reimbursement landscape and maybe the kind of business planning for startups? What is your kind of approach, maybe? Um, that's a good question, Stefan. And, and it's a broad question. I think the answer to this question lives from differentiation. So uh, from my point of view, and Mark, please correct me if I'm wrong. We need to differentiate here first, what are we talking? Is it digital health? Is it a device? Or is it a pharmaceutical? Because on the one side, like digital, you might be able not to go with reimbursement and to do your business model otherwise, but on the most devices, you have to have reimbursement because the devices are so expensive. And so with that, 
I think it really depends on uh, what we are talking here. And in addition, with the different countries in Europe where we don't have one landscape, we have quite a fragmented one. This makes it quite often challenging for the startups. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like at the end of the day, it's not a it's not a European question. It's a local question. So um, they should know exactly what happens in the country. How is the process? And um, obviously, it's also extremely important to know where they should enter the European market, um, because you know most country or several countries are linked to each other. And if you have in one reimbursement at the at the good price, then it might probably make sense to go to another one. So I think that's that's uh, the critical questions and um, also the questions for for success at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think fragmentation, differentiation. I think that's probably very very important. And obviously, everything leads then to the question, uh, probably to the point where to enter first. I mean. You know, we can be let's say, very simple, right? Is it maybe more what I hear a lot of times from companies, Switzerland is a high cost country, so I first start there. Or is it rather Germany because it's the largest country in Europe? Maybe we start there. I guess it's not that easy, right? How do you start those discussions with companies, startups in order to find the right place to start? First of all, I would look to the business model. And according to the business model, then select the right start and test market. Just had a case uh, in digital where they were aiming for reimbursement uh, in Germany and uh, they started this discussion and there was so much data needed that they completely switched the business model and they are now going with pharmaceutical companies in Switzerland. So you see, according to the business model and the feasibility of the business model, you have to change, uh, you have to select your, your market and eventually change from the obvious to the non-obvious. It's also a question of the expectation of the startup, you know? So um, if they want to have, let's say, a broad or a broad market very quickly doesn't make sense maybe compared to have gain experience in a small market and transfer this experience to to a bigger market so that's that's probably the first question we always ask so what are your expectations yeah and then as is, as it is as thomas mentioned um it's really it's really not that the one fits all it's really case by case yeah, that's uh, that's that's very true. I think you, you probably also um, refer to quite an important question, right? I mean, who is the client of the product? Uh, which is basically a bit what uh, Thomas you were probably also uh, referring to when you said, you know, the example you just brought up, where maybe in the business model they just switched, right? So it was no more, let's say, the the payer, the national payers, maybe in one or the other country, but maybe they moved more towards the pharmaceutical company. Uh, who is now probably benefiting from the, I think it was a digital solution you were referring to, right? Exactly. The end customer is still the same. The yeah. end customer is still the patient. The question is then where is uh, or how is the money flow? Mm -hmm. And 
in that specific case, the pharmaceutical industry has a significant benefit from it and is willing to pay for it, either because compliance is being increased, uh, the output of the treatment is uh, better with this app or not, or at the other side, there are more patients using them at the end the treatment of the pharmaceutical industry, but there is a significant benefit there. If there would not be such a benefit, this business model would not be feasible and they would need to go via the reimbursement where the initial question, the initial question was, is it Switzerland or is it Germany? And in Switzerland, you have the benefit of having a relatively homogeneous market. Mm -hmm. In Germany, as you uh, know better than we do, it's quite fragmented. Uh, even the large German market is fragmented and this makes it quite complex. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. I think, Mark, you also mentioned a quite interesting one, what I also heard in discussion, for example, with the Netherlands. Some companies try smaller kind of markets in order to gain some kind of experience. Are you referring there, let's say, in terms of, of experiences still with kind of reimbursement, meaning with healthcare payers, or are there any kind of other options maybe available to especially those kind of startup companies? I mean, when we talk about Switzerland, it's it's a very small market, very homogeneous. Um, you have one payer usually, but you also have the option to get into contract with insurances. You have three languages, so you can spread out from here to to Italy and France as well, um, Germany, Austria. I mean, it's and the market entry at the end of the day, if you have a small market, is not that expensive as when when you go to to Germany. So that's why is what we usually um, say. It's a it's a matter of budget. It's a matter of do you want to have qualitative experience or you go for quantitative experience. And um, as Thomas already mentioned, it makes sense to, to have a deep dive first into a market, learn from there, and then go out with as less modification of your business model and market strategy as possible. At the end of the day, you want to gain money. And uh, if you change too much uh, to enter a bigger market, then probably you should ask yourself if it makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's quite interesting that, that you mentioned that, let's say, try it, gain experience, or I think you said deep dive, right? First learn then potentially modify also even the business model, right? And then maybe potentially let's launch it again or launch it in other countries as well, maybe in a kind of modified uh, manner, which is quite interesting. I, I just read recently a book on totally different topic, Airbnb. And I think one of the key things which stuck into my mind was one of the founders basically said, launch, try it, modify and launch again if it doesn't work. <laughs> so it's, it's quite interesting that I think it's a very similar kind of idea, but it probably it's not that new, right? So you also just said um, you're, let's say, starting discussing those kind of, let's say, ideas where to potentially start gaining the experience, et cetera. Maybe a step back here. Based on your experience, what are the most challenging kind of items, especially when you discuss with those startups in aligning the business model, maybe generally with healthcare policy slash with their kind of, let's say, strategy to market? I mean, you know, just the from a content perspective, where do they 
let's say, struggle most out of your experience? I mean, the biggest challenge is usually the, the, the business side. You know, so the, the, those guys are um, scientific driven usually. So they have this kind of um, mindset, very smart people, but usually not a lot of experience from the business side. And that's the biggest struggle when they start to pull a business plan together, which definitely, or when we look at it, usually obviously not fit to to uh, to the system. So that's that's I think the biggest challenge for for founders um, of startups. And the biggest challenge and the eye opener is when they try to get investment, because then the surprise is I have such a great business plan. I have such a great product. Why don't I get investment? And the reason is in most cases that the business side is not developed well enough, especially with respect to how do I get the money in reimbursement, for example, This is something where the investors are always quite skeptical. And this is the part where you need to work very thoroughly on what do I need? How does it, how long does it take? And what evidence do I have to get this price? And how does this turn over in sales and profit? And this is where we see then why a lot of startups are not getting investment as they need. That's it. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. I, I had another question in mind, which is probably more going to innovation in general, right? How important is, let's say, the innovation itself, right? In, let's say, the business development or the business model kind of decisions. And I think you just brought in already, I mean, just another kind of stakeholder, right? The payers are probably quite far away for startups, especially when they're still in the development phase. But in the middle, they need somewhere, some kind of investment money in order to, let's say, get to the point to really discuss with the payers. So how how to best do that? Could you could you elaborate a bit more? I mean, you said it's it's a lot of times the eye-opener. We need investment. Ooh, it's not well, well enough defined. How could we, let's say, bring the innovation factor plus the needs and the requests from investors basically together? And I guess you too and your company are probably also helping and supporting then companies in that kind of endeavor, right? I think the innovation is not a local question. It's it's a global question. So what they definitely should do more is having this um, global, let's say, glasses when they start their project. Um, we, we recently have um, a project where the founder um, come up with a We are the only one in in, in 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 the world which have this kind of diagnostic tool, and um, we already have a similar project uh, one one year ago. So let's say, yeah, let's say, stop dreaming about what you have. Have a look at the global market, do a deep dive, and then you know, are you innovative or maybe a me too, or what is the difference to already existing. Um, project so that's that's one thing and the other thing i think is like selling yourself at the end of the day you need to have uh, a good value proposition you need to have um, an impact on the healthcare system which should be obvious 
And then if it's really innovative or you have um, competitors, that's at the end of the day, not really the question. To be clear, innovation is the key driver for taking on volume, getting to more and more patients. If you're not innovative, what is then your reason to be there? And we always need to have top in mind that the healthcare systems in Europe and even worldwide have all the same issue. And the number one issue is cost pressure. Mm. So what you need to ask yourself as um, a startup is, do I help the system in reducing the cost? If I'm increasing the cost, but not delivering a benefit, what is then my reason for being there? And so, and this then leads automatically to reimbursement because if you cannot show a benefit and uh, to have a benefit, you need to be innovative. If you cannot show a benefit, most likely you will not be satisfied with your reimbursement. Yeah. I mean, un unless you're, you would basically be happy with the potential reimbursement amount of potential comparators or competitors, right? I mean, sometimes in me too could be a business solution, right? <laughs> but not always, I guess. <laughs> yes, but too, too often we see everyone is extremely innovative and the basis for the business plan is an increase in reimbursement versus comparators or competitors. Yeah. And what Mark just said is be realistic. Be yeah. realistic, have a global view on what the others are doing. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think, the, yeah, I mean, the be realistic is quite interesting. I mean... My kind of perception is especially when companies, and I'm not that close, let's say, um, to let's say the overall picture a lot of times. We're obviously focusing much more on reimbursement. But, but when I hear or discuss sometimes with startup companies, they, one of the kind of quotes what I hear a lot of times basically, be as optimistic as possible when you speak with investors. Uh, so is, is that true? Or is it just, you know, something they, you know, maybe for their own kind of... Um, uh, innovativeness, maybe in terms of business planning. I mean, I, I would rather tend to say be realistic makes a lot of more sense. But what is your experience on that? Yeah, that's a good one. I have not heard this one yet <laughs> because, you know, investors get a few hundred pitch decks every year. They know better than the startups in most cases what's on the market and what not. And so I would say, be realistic, of course, a little on the optimistic side. Of course, you need to be. You need to be convinced on your technology and your innovation power. Definitely. But don't be too optimistic. I think it depends which um, investors you are approaching. You know? So when you go to the US VCs, um, then you definitely should be more aggressive than realistic. And uh, that might be the big difference. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. That's perfect. Um, maybe we still can stick a bit with investors. I think, um, I, I think Thomas, you just said it beforehand as well. I mean, you need to have a benefit. I mean, what is a benefit what investors would basically take? Is it really, let's say the patient they have in mind, or is it rather something comparison to what currently exists? But even then it's the question, what is a benefit then for them? You said beforehand, maybe cost saving, but I doubt that let's say in the early days of a startup that investor would say show me the clear kind of cost saving what 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 is the benefit would you would say to startups this is what you would need to show in front of investors it's a 
quite broad question as well. At the end of the day, you need to provide a benefit to either patients or physicians to for the patients live better and have a better health outcome or physicians to do their job easier in a, with less time uh, and higher quality. So that's that's the overall benefit. That's still general, but mm-hmm. it, I think we can summarize like that. The discussion with the investor is in most cases only about 10% on the benefit, then about 10% on the clinical data if, if available, and the other 80% uh, on uh, reimbursement, business impact, and business model, and the outcome. And don't forget, an investor is not investing simply to get rid of the money. They want to have the money back. And this is what a lot of startups then forget is to have the innovation on one side, but on the other side, there needs to be a monetary benefit for the investor as well. Absolutely. We can nail it down to, to one sentence. He, he's just interested um, in to get having a multiple out of his investment. And then from the, from there, it's it's kind of risk optimization. Yeah. Uh, depending on the discussion Tom, Thomas mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. I think especially from an economics perspective, right? The benefit, let's say, what a product basically brings broadly to the market is rather the question of, let's say, how risky the investment basically is, right? And, and there's one thing to add to that, to this risk discussion. Reimbursement is for investors a risky way to go because they don't know what will come out at the end. If you go for non-reimbursement, you more or less know for how much you will sell your service. Reimbursement, you never know what will come out and it takes long until you have this decision. This is in most cases for investors quite a risky investment then. Yeah, yeah, which which makes sense. I mean, even though obviously we need to differentiate here also between different products, right? I mean, with some products, you don't have the option, let's say, reader of that choice, but some have it, right? I mean, you mentioned early on, let's say digital solutions, apps, or even some medical devices or medical technologies, right? I think drugs is probably another story, but um, uh, that, that's a very good point. Um, you both mentioned a couple of times now business model. I mean, especially maybe for people or founders, probably more of startups, this sounds as well, let's say, quite vague, right? Because, I mean, as you said as well, both uh, early on, uh, most of those founders are probably coming out of other areas than business. I mean, engineers, uh, doctors, uh, whatever, right? So how, how would you say, how to best describe maybe business model and how could they at least have an early kind of idea of a business model? Besides, obviously, I want to go, and, and maybe seek for reimbursement in country one, two, and three. When we talk about business model, there's one big question overall, and that's how you want to gain money. And then you, from there, you kind of go back to uh, different bricks and, and different KPIs. But that's overall the, the big questions. And that's also always the question an investor um, will, will ask. 
And um, usually we, that's also one we, we, we ask the startups and then we, we, we uh, get into discussion and then bring it down to, to different levels. That's a good yeah, that, that's, the, that's the one part. How do I earn money initially and how do I scale it in future? Mm-hmm. Um, too often, especially on the medical device side, we see that startups bring their device to the market on their own and then they want to scale it with their own sales force. And this is in 99% of the cases these startups are not successful because their cash burn is so big then at the scaling level that they will not earn money anymore. So mm-hmm. as Mark said, the question is really, how do I earn money in a short term? And then how can I transfer this into scaling into the long term? And this is where we have a lot of discussion with startups and we calculate this rule for them. And it's an eye opener to see how mm-hmm. much their own sales force costs. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it's ultimately the key question. It's also going back again to investment questions anyway, right? Because I mean, ultimately, the, let's say investors, I think about their, their return on investment, and that's obviously on a given level, the higher, uh, let's say the risk, the higher the return it needs to be. And I think um, that's also then quite clearly linked, I think what you said, I mean, earning money, and obviously as well, the question on upscaling, because it could be quite nicely working maybe in Switzerland, maybe in the Netherlands, two smaller kind of countries in Europe, right? But when you think already about France or Germany or even about the US, it might be totally different kind of discussions, I guess. It is definitely, and, and, and as we said, it depend, really depends on uh, the startup, on the technology. We just had uh, um, an app, um, diagnosis app. They tested it in Switzerland and it was telemedicine. And then they found out that in Chile, there are telemedicine codes for this service, and they went straight from uh, Switzerland uh, into Chile. So there is not the automatic way from country A to the US or country A to Germany. There might be some other countries where it's quite interesting because the landscape, the healthcare system landscape is so made for this uh, startup. Very interesting one. Yeah, that, that's very, very interesting kind of example. <laughs> that's why, as we already mentioned, it's really important to make a deep dive into the local systems. It's, it's not Europe. It's not US. It's not South America. It's like Switzerland. It's Poland. It's Chile. Um, but you should uh, know and uh, have um, a deep dive. Yeah, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. I think uh, to find the kind of, let's say, low-hanging fruits as well, right? And I think the, the chili example, I think, is probably one one piece. But ultimately, it again links back. That's probably more the kind of question on earning money. That's probably short-term, but the scaling up is obviously the bigger one. But I mean, if you don't earn any money, you cannot even scale up later on. <laughs> yes, and this is this is what, the reason why so many startups fail then, because at a certain point, they don't get investments anymore. Because they cannot scale up. And this is something what we discussed through from the beginning on with the startups. As you do with the reimbursement, you need to pre-plan this. What data do I need for the reimbursement? What countries? But as well, then how does this fit into the business model? And as Mark said earlier, a lot of founders are coming from the university as scientists. 
and as well business and business development building a business model is science as well and i think to add to this i think you know the investment landscape have completely has completely changed within the last in the last 12 months and then um, we definitely recommend to to build an investment plan as well because when you run out of money it's probably the worst case especially when you have um, a very good idea or a, a, let's say a partially successful project at the moment and when it's going to die just due to a lack of money that's probably the worst case you can experience as a founder that's another very good uh let's say ad- advice i think it's, it's a quite nice bridge because we're basically already towards the end of the episode and you just said uh, a recommendation right investment plan is a good recommendation um maybe you could give one or two devices slash recommendations each what you would uh let's say state in front of a startup i mean if they would now just start with a good idea they have maybe already kind of maybe call it prototype or whatever what is the key recommendation you would give them besides maybe some of the things we have heard already today or maybe just summarizing what uh, was already said start your business with a business plan with a realistic business plan and business model and planning it through really until the exit of the startup until the sales of the startup mm-hmm. because this will give you as well the investment strategy and as well um, how much money do I need when and then you can pre-plan it and can realize it if you have the money but mark some other insights yeah uh, definitely look for collaboration this could be somehow in an accelerator or incubator and probably spend some money on on consultants who are into the healthcare area uh, uh, um, and have this kind of experience of um, building businesses have this collaboration uh, network and also have um, definitely um, a good let's say relationship to 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 bigger um, companies who can open doors to 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 different um let's say stakeholders because if you are just cooking your own soup all the time it's going to be difficult that's very good i think uh very good advices i also like very much the the discussion with uh, with both of you so thanks a lot for your time for your insights and looking forward to maybe future kind of discussions thank you stefan thank you What a great episode and a lot of insights, especially this time with two experts who are more coming out of the business development slash innovation part, meaning really from the early days of a company. I think a couple of quotes which really stuck into my mind were really be realistic. And uh, I think the other thing is obviously innovation is a global, not a local question, which I think also shows again to really understand broadly where the opportunities lies, where are the low-hanging fruits in a way. This is also an especially important probably from a reimbursement perspective because ultimately the reimbursement question might lead to different business models as also Mark and Thomas have just alluded to. What does that mean? It's basically the question to make it very simple how to gain or earn money and also how to potentially upscale 
later on because those are then finally also the questions for investors and another important point not only earning the money meaning maybe the payment through reimbursement in various healthcare systems it's also the risk question for investors because and ultimately reimbursement and its system to get reimbursement might be a, a risky one hence you need as a company to understand the kind of barriers requirements and maybe also current coding maybe just as a side note maybe check out max-insights.com that's our latest artificial intelligence reimbursement planning especially for early phases of a product and a company but ultimately i think that's really important and uh, thomas and mark have both mentioned that really get into let's say the whole kind of business planning early enough have a business plan i think that was also one of the key advices and clearly understand your product because ultimately maybe even that the end customer is the same maybe the way to get to the end customer might be different just keep an eye on the kind of example what both mentioned in terms of uh, a company which moved from a reimbursement plan getting very difficult into a collaboration with a pharmaceutical company and then basically selling their product through the pharmaceutical company to the end client that was an episode of map the market access podcast provided by mars market access and pricing strategy which is your healthcare consultancy in the german-speaking markets map is available every second week with a new episode so watch out and in case you might have questions contact me directly and or visit our website on www.marketaccess-pricingstrategy.de